Thank you for joining us for another episode of FYI, the Public Libraries podcast. I'm Kathleen Hughes, Manager of Publications for the Public Library Association. Our guest today is Megan Sullivan. Megan is a writer and college professor. Her book, Clarissa's Disappointment, for children of incarcerated parents and their teachers, families, and counselors, received the Larry D. Underwood Prize in Children's Literature and was published by Shining Hall, an imprint of Twelve Winters Press. Sullivan also co-edited Parental Incarceration, Personal Accounts and Developmental Impact with Denise Johnston for Rutledge Press in March of 2016. She's an Associate Dean for Faculty Development and an Associate Professor of Rhetoric at Boston University. She was awarded the Anthony Award in Prose from Between the Lines Literary Journal for her essay, My Father's Prison, and an honorable mention from the San Francisco chapter of Pen American Women for her essay, The Bikini Cut. She lives in Boston with her husband and their two black Labradors. Welcome, Megan. Thank you for having me, Kathleen. It's wonderful to speak with you. Tell us about the book. Clarissa's Disappointment is a book about a nine-year-old girl who is welcoming her father home from prison after five years. When the book opens, Clarissa and her mother are visiting their father. They visited him every month. They're visiting him uh, for the last time. Soon, after five years, he'll be coming home to live with them. Clarissa and her family are a loving family. The parents love Clarissa very much, um, and they're all excited about the father coming home, as what happened to many people who receive a loved one after he or she has been incarcerated. Things aren't as easy or smooth sailing as they might have thought. So we, we follow Clarissa as she deals with the ups and downs of her family life and as she uh, tries to work with other nine-year-old girls and where she goes to school and with her teachers and principal. So the children are excited about the incarcerated parent returning home, but then the reality is often that there may be some problems or issues. The reality is that what we call the re-entry period, when the person who's been incarcerated re-enters his or her community or home, is fraught. It's difficult. Uh, some people can manage it extremely well, especially if they have a good support system. But often people are coming home to unemployment, maybe housing instability, family dynamics have changed, etc. And we see all of this through Clarissa's eyes as as she deals with that. I mean, her disappointment, if you will, is that her father's homecoming wasn't exactly as she expected it to be. But throughout the story, you really learn that uh, she has a good family structure, and whatever happens, that that will never leave her. And she learns to become a really good reader and writer, and that eventually carries the day for her. Your own father also spent time in prison. Can you talk a little bit about that experience? I tell people I wrote the book I wished that I had had as a 10-year-old child. Clarissa is not me. She's her own unique person who lives in my imagination. I imagine her as a multiracial child, in part because that's statistically what children of incarcerated parents are, African-American or multiracial, although, of course, there are white, Asian, and Pacific Islander children as well. When my own father was incarcerated, I had many privileges. I lived within a middle-class community, but still the reality is that incarceration, uh, family incarceration, is difficult on children. And I also had siblings that I could share the experience with and talk about it with. 
Uh, Clarissa is an only child in the book, so she doesn't have uh, she doesn't have other siblings. So I wanted to write a book for people who were going through that experience, and even children who weren't going through that experience. I wanted them to know that there is something um, called incarceration, and that many feel many families deal with the effects of it long after somebody has left jail or prison. And you've studied parental incarceration. Is it your own experiences that drove you to be interested in that topic? Absolutely. Previous to this, my focus was on literature, film, and drama from women in Northern Ireland. And then about uh, maybe 10, 12 years ago, in part because of mass incarceration, I started to think more about incarceration in children. And I realized that I had a unique vantage point that I could talk about it as somebody who was an academic, could look at it as a researcher, and as someone who had a personal experience of it, and could therefore speak to children in ways that academics might not be able to. What have you found that the problems are that children face related to having an incarcerated parent? One of the things they face is that they're often not recognized. In part because there's such a there's still such a stigma stigma about incarceration in families that many families don't want to tell people that they have a loved one who is in prison or jail. The other thing they face is that there are so many of them and yet we we don't always have programs that can assist them. Right now we have two point seven million children in the United States who have a parent in prison or jail. The vast majority of those children are 10 years or under. People always say to me, well, exactly what do children need? Every child who has an incarcerated parent is the child of an incarcerated parent, but not every child is the same. For example, my family was an intact family. Um, My father lived with us before he was arrested and sentenced to prison. So when he went away, my siblings and I were dealing with the emotional fallout of not having him there because he was our family breadwinner. My mother was a stay-at-home mother. We also had to deal with the financial impact of that. Children who, who don't live with the parent who is incarcerated may have different kinds of needs. They may feel the loss of uh, a family member. Uh, they may, may feel the financial loss. If if the incarcerated person is the person who is a uh, primary parent, then they may have to move. They don't have their primary caregiver near them. So every circumstance is different. We can pretty safely say that if a child has lost a custodial parent, then he or she may very well have very specific needs. They may we may need to find out if they're you know living in a in a safe and and good uh, environment. And then we need to we may need to deal with the emotional, financial, sometimes academic repercussions that follow. And as your own experience shows, this is a problem that affects all different types of communities. For example, I mean, I didn't know anybody who had an incarcerated parent. There was really nobody for me to talk about that with. But even those kids who come from families and communities who have experienced incarceration in the past still have trouble talking about it. Some family members are embarrassed by it. Some family members are annoyed by it, etc. And we don't tend to talk to children about it in schools or other any other places that could be a kind of leveler for children. That's why I really try to make inroads in schools and libraries, because I feel like those are places that can be non-judgmental. I simply expose children to books and let them take it from there. And how can librarians and libraries support this population of children and their incarcerated parents? When I was researching children of incarcerated parents, librarians, they tend not to bat an eye. You know, there's no judgment. They just say, okay, well, here's the research I can help you with. 
And I feel like they could do the same for children. They could simply have books in the library that can help children. They can simply point out books to any child or any family. If a family is asking about incarceration, then they can kind of lead them to that, those books, again, without judgment or without anything at all, just like it's a natural thing. We're getting better as a culture at talking to people about divorce, death, etc. We can do the same with incarceration. We can say, oh, okay, this is just another subject, and here's where our books are on that. When librarians or libraries hold information days, have a special shelf of books on an appropriate day. Or if you're talking about children's rights, just happen to have a book there about children of incarcerated parents, and that will subtly tell people that, wait, these children exist and they have rights too. In addition to your book, do you have any books you might recommend for kids and caretakers? A book that uh, I like and know well uh, called Mama Loves Me From Away by Pat Brisson, B-R-I-S-S-O-N. Jacqueline Woodson wrote the book Visiting Day. And then we have books like When a Parent Goes to Jail, a Comprehensive Guide for Counseling Children of Incarcerated Parents. So there are some sort of how-to books and how to understand and talk to children about parental incarceration. Those are some of the books that librarians could use. They can simply Google a brief bibliography for children with incarcerated loved ones, and they'll come up with some lists for children. Did you have any ideas for programming, if libraries wanted to do some programming around this topic? Are there any uh, examples of what some libraries are doing, or did you have any ideas? I was thinking that libraries could maybe offer a book club for caregivers, for example, grandparents. And imagine if we had a big book club for them, and then we sort of included in that book club some of the books I'm recommending. That could be an interesting way to go about it. Librarians or others don't have to do one more special program. They can just include relevant books in the regular programming. I'm a big believer, and I tell teachers this, I, I encourage teachers in schools to have in the classroom and school libraries uh, books for uh, and about children of incarcerated parents, because I feel like every community is affected by incarceration. And whether a child has an incarcerated parent or not, chances are that children today might know someone who's incarcerated or they haven't heard about jail and prison. I feel like incarceration is something that affects our whole community, so why not start educating our whole community about it? So how can librarians reach this population? Just put these books out there so people know they exist. And then if people come up to you and want to hear about it and say, do you know anywhere else where I can get information about this? People can simply help them find that. And just doing so in a really non-judgmental way. And I think that's what librarians are so good at. I think that's why I've always had a special place for them in my heart because they're not, I mean, at least the ones I've encountered have never been not, have never been judgmental. Just like, oh, okay, here's a topic you're interested in. Rutgers University has a center for children of incarcerated parents, and librarian can simply Google Rutgers University and children of incarcerated parents, and they'll get fact sheets for parents and families, and they'll get lists of books for parents and families, and they can just bring somebody to that. They can say, okay, well, I'll show you what we have in our library, but I happen to know about this center, and here's where you can find additional information, how we can help caregivers. And I think that's one thing librarians could do. They could just bring the information to caregivers whenever anybody asks about that. They can also have speakers come in and talk about children's book. Um, I, I'm going to be speaking 
I believe at my local library about Clarissa's disappointment. They can have reading groups for children and I specifically have in back of it resources for families, teachers, and counselors, but really the resources for any adult. And I talk about how people could use the book with children and others. Okay, those are some great tips. Do you have any last thoughts for our listeners? It's no accident that in my fictional story, the young girl, Clarissa, gets help from adults outside of her family, even though, as I stress, her family is a loving one. First, her teacher helps her how to use a diary, which later morphs into a writer's notebook. She goes to a community organization for parent, uh, for families who are dealing with incarceration, and there she meets what I call a community poet who teaches her how to be a writer. And although there's not a librarian in that book per se, I can imagine that a librarian could be another resource for a child like Clarissa. And so my hope is that adults just think about the small ways they might be able to help. Thank you, Megan. A lot of great information. Again, the name of Megan Sullivan's book is Clarissa's Disappointment for Children of Incarcerated Parents and Their Teachers, Families, and Counselors. For more information on this topic, you can also check out Megan's Public Library's feature article, Welcoming Children and Families Affected by Incarceration into Public Libraries. And you'll find that at www.publiclibrariesonline.org. 